South Seas Healthcare, providing excellent health and wellbeing for Pacific people and all communities. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Welcome into Running It Straight, folks. Uh, For the final time in 2023, it is our final show uh, as we wrap up the 2023 NRL season. It is done and dusted. The Penrith Panthers have won their third consecutive premiership in one of the all-time great grand finals on Sunday night. It's been a couple of days uh, for us to sit back and mull on it, so Kempi and I will get stuck in very, very shortly. Uh, and then we're just going to have a look at the, se- at the season as a whole. We'll run through the, the ladder and pick out a couple of teams and maybe teams that disappointed, teams that surprised, and where to in 2024. How do we see it all shaping out with plenty of players moving around? We'll finish off as well talking a little bit about the Kiwis uh, with the upcoming Pacific Championships. Uh, the Kiwis have named their squad a couple of very, very light positions, hooker in particular. Um, oh, the thought of Danny Levi starting at hooker's enough to send shivers down your spine, Kempi, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the hour. You can uh, text through anytime on double eight double three, or as always on the YouTube uh, stream. We love have you, uh, having you watch along. You can uh, drop us a comment on the YouTube stream and uh, we'll, we'll make sure we answer any questions or thoughts that you have. Uh, wrapping up the 2023 season, Kempi, um, grand final on Sunday night. Best grand final of all time? Well, it's the best one I've seen for a while. Um, now nah, Newcastle's was the best one when they won that Won that uh, that grand final against Manly, then and Albert went down the wing. I th- I think from a Newcastle perspective, <laughs> um, but yeah, mate, that's got to go close. You know, Brisbane, North Queensland Cowboys, the South Canterbury one, which I was at. Mm. Um, but this one on on Sunday night had everything, and and we sort of thought it was going to have everything just with the two styles that were coming Fast. up against, which it was so quick. Um, the intensity in that first half was origin like, and it's funny. I I said that to a few mates, and they said to me. Uh, well, of course, it's a grand final. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got to remember Origin is the best of the best playing against each other. The NRL is slightly different. You would think Origin is, has a higher intensity, but that game on Sunday, I think, almost blew it out of the park. What were you thinking um, when Ezra Mam scores his third try, the Broncos are up 24 points to, to eight? Uh, I, well, like everyone, I thought they probably would get home. Um, you could see that they pulled back a little bit too, but I think that... You know, with the with the high completion rate in the nineties for um, Penrith, that they always had plenty of juice. And I, mate, the, the, there was three changes that changed the game. Uh, the one when Luai went off, I thought if Luai stays on, they win it. Mm. Okay, because Luai was he wasn't he was a passenger and he was overcalling Cleary all the time, and Cleary was sitting back. So Luai goes off and Cogger comes on. Cogger's unsung hero. He he was absolutely superb when he went on. Um, and pushed pushed Cleary out one, especially on that right hand side. So gave Cleary a bit more room to move. But then Leota and Harris came back on. Fisher Harris came back on, and that's when Payne Haas and Fledger were just absolutely dominating with Carrigan in the middle of the park and just steadied the ship. And mm. and that momentum swift. And I'm talking about if you're looking at a pendulum, one's going up, one's going down. Well, when Haas and Fledger was on, Penrith were way down. They they couldn't get any momentum. They were still completing their sets of six. And they put that 24 points on. And then all of a sudden, Harris and Leota come back and they level it all up. And then all of a sudden, it becomes another arm wrestle. Mm. And that's where uh, Cleary gets on the front foot, thanks to thanks to young Jack Cogger and the, uh, and the way that he played in through that middle of the park. So um, am I surprised at the end? Mate, you could see it coming. Like when you're watching the game, you're going, they're hanging on for dear life. Back to back sets of six, you know, the short dropouts, the errors, the court, the the captain's call was just a, that was a throwaway. (laughs) 
um, from Reynolds, but that, that's desperation. That's what starts to happen when you're making those types of uh, decisions under fatigue. And what got him in the end? The percentage rate. Yeah, 97%, which is just incredible for a grand final. Can be one error across the uh, the 80 minutes and sure there was defensive lapses there at times but they still able to get the job done which is a measure of uh, Ivan Cleary and this Panthers team for the Broncos what was it and, and I'll talk about experience in a second but was it um, after going 24 points to 8 up was it them going a bit more defensively and thinking we've just got to defend this now as opposed to putting the foot on the screw and keep and, and keeping on yeah you know? there's a saying Sammy in, in the NRL that you've got to lose one to win one and I think with all the young blokes that are in the side they'll the, the problem that you have now or it's not really a problem for Brisbane I think they're a real danger I think they they come out next year absolutely fine wanting to go back there and win it um, especially with the amount of players that they're going to keep. I think they only lose Fridge next year. And Herbie Farmer. Uh, and well. Herbie Farmer. So it shouldn't be too hard to change that around. They're talking about Reynolds being, you know, on the same the same um, boat with um, Sean Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. he's on the on the back end of it. But, you know, when you look at the way and the speed of that game, I, I just think they got to, what's that, 16-minute mark uh, to go and they became a club game again. It didn't become... Yeah, totally. It didn't become a shutout game. Like... When, when Reynolds went and um, passed that ball to the young back rower and he gets tackled on the last, that was a massive error. Mm. Like, that was a massive error. Did you see Nathan Cleary do that? No, he just he went to the side. Crichton knew how important it was to put that ball Some in. Some massive into the, plays from Stephen so Crichton. Like big, big plays, and I just think that they got to that back end of that game and they thought, well, we've got it done. It's more of a club game. They'll, they'll never come back here, and Penrith were never going to lie down and die. So I think they've learned a hell of a lot out of that that loss. Um, you should never lose it at 24-8. No. But when you're up against a, a dynasty team, a legacy side like Penrith, who knows how to win them, they just weren't going but, away. But this is also what we talked about a couple of weeks ago and a couple of months ago, you know, when I mentioned about the Warriors, um, you know, not winning a grand final. And, I, and I, the one thing I talked about was that experience. I didn't care about skill, didn't care about pace and, and personnel, purely for experience. Like Penrith, and the fact that, you know, in the interviews with Ivan afterwards, he sort of talked about thinking that, you know, oh, I didn't know how we were going to do it and, and if we were going to come back, but just so calm, so collected. And at the end, even though they celebrated, it was almost like another box ticked for Penrith, another title, you know, and we keep on. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't like they had won their first one, which is understandable, but just think the experience, I don't think anyone can undervalue. And I think now Brisbane will hopefully have an element of that moving yeah, forward. The, the difference between the Penrith team and every other team in the competition is how they've kept that nucleus of players together since they were 14, 15. Um, and they've grown into men, you know, 10 years later at 24, 25. They are, you know, the best side who's used to winning football games. So they know how to win. That's that's a given. They've won two before, now they've won three. That's real That's real dangerous. No matter who they 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 click out uh, this year for next year, the players that come in are, are going to come into a winning culture. The thing with Brisbane is that Brisbane just has so much speed, mate. Yeah. Like across the board, the, the pace that they play in. And if they, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, if they had matched Penrith, and we always said this, if Penrith will strangle him if they keep dropping the ball and, and turn it over. There was a stat in the first half, 11 out of 11 for Penrith, 4 out of 11 for Brisbane. Yeah, and it was that type of game. They were they were compl- completing under fifty percent. <laughs> um, Penrith were completing close to a hundred. At the end of the day, Moses Leota doesn't get to that support line if Brisbane complete their sets. Mm. So he's just got too much energy left mm-hmm. in his legs. Moses Leota and Fisher Harris don't come home and dominate the middle with sixteen minutes to go. They were just too fresh. Oh. And of course, Cogger, the 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 masterstroke of this game, which not a hell of a lot of people have spoken about, 
is taking um, the centre out. Uh, just the name, just Mrs. What, uh, from from uh, from Penrith, Penrith. That was playing for Penrith. Targo. No, no, no. Put, place for Penrith and put and putting Cogger in the bench in his place. Um, I'll just come. I'll come back to the name in a minute. But Jermaine that, Salmon. I don't think Jermaine. No, Salmon, no, no. Jermaine Salmon was nineteenth man. Um, but anyway, but putting Cogger on there because of the oh Peachy. You're talking about yeah, Peachy. Yeah, yeah, Peach Peachy. So putting Cogger in for Peachy was a masterstroke. Yeah. Because it was about covering the shoulder, but also covering Nathan Cleary in that, in that position. Because if you think about it, so he goes off, Lord, I dislocate shoulder, and Peachy has to go to 5'8". You know what I mean? Mm. It is then like real tough. Yeah. But the way that the way that Ivan thought that through and put Cogger in there on the bench and it played out exactly what he thought because you got to rem- remember it's Luai coming back to play in the grand finals another story. You know how he how he done that um, is fantastic. But to to say well I'm possibly going to lose him instead of having Peachy on the bench I'm probably going to have to go with Jack Cogger because Jack Cogger is going to give me more for Nathan. Mm. And it worked, mate, it worked out. Nathan Cleary, on the back of Cogger and, and Fisher Harris and Leota, went to another level. Just quickly to, to finish, to wrap up the grand final, Kimby, just a quick word on Penrith, the ability to win three titles in a row, how difficult that is, uh, Ivan and Nathan. Well, in the modern era, I think people don't realise how hard it is to get to a grand final. Yet, yet Penrith, I, I read something today from, um, from I think it was young Sorensen, saying, you know, we expect to get to the final. Like, if you can come to training in the preseason and go, well, we expected to be playing in October in the final, mm. um, mate, you're halfway there. Yeah. To do it three times, mate, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about whether they do it another three times because they, they've got the team that can do that at this age. Uh, Nathan and Ivan, mate, you're blessed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Ivan, Ivan, you're blessed. And Nathan, you're blessed. You know, your dad's such a astute coach. That Cogger, that Cogger um, decision won him the grand final. Hundred percent, but Nathan, um, on the other hand, and I don't agree with the immortal uh, uh, tag at the moment, Sammy. And mm. there's a number of reasons why. Yes, he was fantastic in that that last twenty minutes, but the first sixty he was he was average. He was yep. carrying that knee injury. He missed a couple of tackles on Ezra Man. Ezra Man was was get we well, was halfway up those stairs to get the Clive Churchill. <laughs> he was yeah, for hard yeah. time it all existed. But have then, it. but then. The, the momentum swings on the back of those two front rows and their halfback, and Nathan Cleary puts on a clink in the last 20 minutes. Last 20 minutes doesn't get you a mortal status. Yeah. It, it, he hasn't done it for Australia. He's been picked over Cherry Evans in the Pacific Cup. He hasn't done it at origin level, and he hasn't done what these guys done week in, week out for 10 to 15 years. Mm. And I'm not saying that he can't because he's only 25, but let's wait and see what happens over the next five I, years. I, I don't want to debate it with you because we're going to run out of time, but I do find the, the conversation interesting. Like when you look at someone like JT, who um, you know is, is regarded well, as... JT, yeah. and there's another but, one. But, but, but the thing with JT is he did it at origin level not like I mean, he wasn't. A, he was one of the best players in the year, every year, but he only won one title. Well, genuine one title with the Cowboys, the, the Bulldogs, and like his first or second year. But you know what I mean, like yeah. But he won ten, just but doing he won it in a different origins. area. Yeah, but but he also won it alongside Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk. Like they were all together. Yeah, yeah but they were Origin, not club football. I know it's a different this, standard. I, I know, but I'm saying that they did it at Origin level, not not as much at club. Nathan's doing it at club. I just think that it's sort of like. I know everyone wants them to do it. Origin, to an extent, I do as well. I feel like that that's a proving ground for whether or not you are at that particular level. But I still think the fact he's doing what he's doing in NRL level is is it's a da- it's a da- you know. it's a darts tournament. He's in the qualifying he's at the qualifying level doing it week in week out, and then he steps up to the pro level, mm. and he's got to do it ten times. Mm-hmm. 
Like you know, at the at the. But he also needs four, quali- four other immortals alongside him. At the qualifying <laughs> level, he's doing that. I, yeah, look, I, I agree, but they are all immortals in their own. And you got to honestly tell me, like, for me, this is a no-brainer. But if you put Jonathan Thurston, Matty Johns, and Cooper Cronk together. All right, Matty Johns didn't play with the mortals. He had Danny Baderas there, and Matty yeah. jo- uh, uh, Joey and Matty Johns was on the outside of him. Uh, Jonathan Thurston had no immortals next to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, but this, yeah, I, this is my point though. It's 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 a flip. So in an Origin, he had all those players around him. In club level, not so much. In club level, clearly has the players around him, make him good. In Origin, he's so not what has so he done much. at Origin level? Yeah, but I know. I'm just saying it's, so it's Desco, a flip. So to Tedesco, he's at Tedesco. He's <laughs> at Trebovic. He's we're a little Trevor Mitchell. We're going to move on now. Look, we're going to go through some of the some of the big teams and talk about 2024. I love it with you. So, so let's just quickly do Penrith and Brisbane while we're here. Then we can move on. So uh, Brisbane, like like we mentioned, losing Herbie Farnworth, Toby Fleegley, actually losing uh, Keenan Palacier as well to the Gold Coast Titans. I actually think he was a he's a bit he'd be big for them off the interchange. They do get Fletcher Baker from the Roosters, um, and then for Penrith, uh, they lose. In fact, I actually think Penrith are, are one of the teams losing the most uh, next year because they're losing. Um, they're losing Cogger to the Newcastle Knights. Stephen Cronin, of course, going to the Bulldogs. Jermaine Salmon to the Bulldogs. And Spencer Lenu uh, to the Roosters, which is a big one. They do pick up Paul Alamotti, Dane Laurie, Brad Schneider, Riley Price. So uh, Brisbane and Penrith, where do you see them in 2024? I see them one and two, 100%. I, I just think there's a different level. Herbie Farnworth was fantastic, by the way, on mate, Sunday. No, he can play. That kid, that kid can play. So can Fledger, mate. He was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, uh, the game... Although it was only two points in it, across the across both um, teams, there were so many great performances, and I just think the 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 way that they both play and at the speed they played, that was like you tell me the next time we're going to see a game like that. Oh, you know, I'll tell you what, next year's a grand final because yeah. it'll probably be there again. And we all sort of predicted it though, like we all sort of said this could be one of the greats because of the two teams that involved, and it also proved the point. Um, that these two were so far ahead of everyone else in 2023. They were. I yeah. mean, the Warriors, as much as great as the story was and as awesome as they did, you just it was chalk and cheese between Brisbane, Penrith, and everyone else. Yeah, and um, it, and you know that that whole stepping up, losing one before you can win one. Like Reese Walsh, yes, he was disappointing in the game, and I know people are talking about all the bad things that he'd done, but if they had actually got home, they'd be talking about Reese Walsh. Of course they would. Yeah. About the swagger and, and yeah, you know, he's got 100%. the confidence and he should be the Australian fullback. Yeah. And you know, it's mm-hmm. the 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 difference between winning and losing is so fine, you can't take away the talent. Mm. If he's if he if he goes away next year, he's gonna be hurting. He gets back to that position again, he ain't let the next one go. We'll take a short break here on running it straight. When we come back, we're gonna go through uh the other top eight teams, look at them, uh, how they're gonna track in twenty twenty four uh before we take new sport and weather we'll get through the rest and of course later on in the hour we will talk a little bit of uh, of international rugby league too you can keep the text coming on double eight double three or uh, drop a comment on our youtube channel as well running it straight here on scnz we'll be back in a moment welcome back into running it straight as we review the 2024 uh, 2023 season and uh and head into 2024 take a look at the team's uh prospects across the nrl moving into next year um so other top eight teams keep your sort of bunch a few of them together well uh let's go with uh the melbourne storm who finished in third position um, which is probably higher than many people would have had them and should have had them as they progressed throughout the season, but they did manage to find themselves inside the top four because that's Craig Bellamy. Uh, no massive losses for them next year uh, in terms of squad movements. They lose uh, Jaden Nicarima and Tariq Sims, but they've got no gains coming in as well. As Melbourne... I don't know. Are they still that team? Are they still top four in 2024? Or does the decline begin now? No, nah, look... I- 
I think that they probably are a top four side. It just depends. The biggest question mark is around Pippenhaus and that compound fracture because mm. they're very hard to come back from. Um, and whether he can come back from that. Uh, apparently January is back to training, so um, there's a be touch and go there. But I just think with Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes um, in those two uh, key positions Cam and Munster, Cam yeah. Munster, they still have the spine that they can surround with that type of um, coaching school that Craig Bellamy has and get players to play well above um, where you see them playing because the Storm have, have such a, a wonderful culture. Uh, they may not, may not have any signings on the on the board at the moment, but they generally do a lot of signings right now. So during the off-season, they mm-hmm. go into the market and they pick up um, a couple of players, they see what's hanging around, and then you know, that's where they pick up the, the, the Tarek Sims, the Alisa um, Katoas, those type of blokes at the end of the year. So we might see a couple of signings here, but I still think they're a top full side. The uh, the big story alongside the Warriors of 2023, of course, was the Newcastle Knights, uh, your second team, can be storming into the uh, the finals towards the back end of the season. So in 2024, they lose Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Lachlan Miller, uh, Sima Sasagi and uh, Dom Young, who's a big one, going to the Roosters. But they pick up Jed Carr. Right, Jack Cogger, uh, Kai Pierce, Paul, Will Price, so a couple of uh, Super League players as well. Actually, I think they're coming in 2025. Um, and sorry, Cogger's in 2026 too. So no real gains for them in 2024. But can the Newcastle Knights do it again? Is the is the fairy tale a, a one-off or, or can they do it all in 2024? Well, we always knew that a team was going to go on the run. We just didn't pick it to be Newcastle. Um, and Caelan Ponga, you know, coming along and picking up the the Dally M on the, on the back end of it as well. And not making the Kangaroo squad, funnily enough. I know. Well, they make the Kiwi team. Like, I'd pick both him and Reese Walsh in the Kiwi team. That's <laughs> the first two names I would have put on the sheet mm-hmm. um, and played them wherever they wanted to play. So, But it's – look, Newcastle is such a, a fickle team at the moment. I think Jack Cogger – I was saying to the boys this morning on breakfast, you know, if I was a Warriors recruitment, I'd be going after Jack Cogger. I didn't know that he'd signed for the Knights already. Mm. Um, I think he's a great – Acquisition um, in that half. I think Ponga goes to another level. I think now that that five eight debate is well and truly buried. Leave him at fullback and let yep. him let him control a game. Uh, and they've got they've got this recruitment drive going on about this one town one team, which used to be there back um, when I was there and for for decades. And they've gone away from that where there's no uh, culture within the town within the outer line areas, and they're trying to bring that back. If they get that right, you got to think because Payne Haas comes through there. So did. Um, the, the kid that's just retired from Canterbury, um, the big guy from that came down from Brisbane. Because I'm having a shocker with names today. And you're, you're. Yeah, now I'm mind blanking as well. Yeah, he's gone to boxing. Oh, um, Tavita Pangai Jr. Yeah. Tavita, Tavita Pangai Jr. You know, like those type of those type of forwards, if you can keep a couple of them and then add them to Ponga and Cogger, then yeah. I think they, they push back into the eight. But, you know, when you look outside that eight, mate, no, there was no Rabbitohs, no Eels, no Cowboys. True. And the Sea Eagles, you know, they, they were touch and go for a hell of a long time during the year. I think I think it's going to be another a long year for a few teams. Um, I want to spend a little bit more time on the Roosters race. So just quickly on the Sharks, finishing in sixth, couldn't sort of do what they did in 2023. Once again, really struggling against top eight teams. Uh, they basically don't lose anyone apart from Wade Graham to retirement uh, for 2024. So uh, where do you sort of position the Sharks? I mean, they did make the top eight, which I thought they might not do as they started to slide towards the back end. Um, are they still that team that we saw last year with a glimpse of maybe making it of, of a grand final or are they just not quite there yet? Yeah, Fanukin, you know, like didn't play the back end there. Um, he's uh, he's ageing, so he's he's going to be injured a bit, a fair bit. I think everyone's worked them out, you know what I mean? Yep. I think everyone's worked Cronulla out. I think, you know, he's got to be really careful here, Fitzgibbon. If he doesn't change things up, they could probably miss the eight next year. 
Easy nice as and that. Short. Easy as 100%. that. 100%. Um, well, let's go to the Raiders first. They're losing a bunch of players in 2024. Jared Croker's obviously retiring. Uh, Matt Frawley's going up to Super League. Brad Schneider's going to the Panthers. Uh, Semi Valame, we saw go to the Cowboys. Uh, midseason was granted that early release. And of course, the big one, Jack Wyden, going to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So, look, if Ricky uh, wasn't sort of able to, to do a fairy tale in, in 2023, and I said the Raiders were committing ladder fraud for most of the season, Kempe, uh, I can see them. Definitely missing out on the eight in 2024. 100%, Sammy. I think with Ricky Stewart pulling out of the New South Wales um, race as well, knows the big the big job that he has next year to try and keep them uh, up that end of the table. Uh, you know, they like their halves, their hookers, uh, not world beaters, and losing Jack Whiten as part of a club that he was should have been a one a yep. one club player. Uh, is really going to hurt them. I thought Jack, I thought Jack was probably uh, their most lethal attacking weapon. So, um, yeah, they got Joseph Tapani and and Papali in there, but but they're going to need a hell of a lot more than that to keep them um, inside the eight. And how year. and how long or how um, yeah, how long is Ricky Stewart's leash, as it were, in terms of if you're the Raiders, as great of a coach he has been over the years? At what point do you sort of bite the bullet and say time might be up and we need to think about someone else? Well, it's it's. His time hasn't been up because he's been at the Raiders since he was a player and winning premierships, you know. So he's he's drifted out and gone to Sydney City and and Canterbury, um, but he's ended back up. At his, you know, he's a prodigal son, isn't he? So I think I think it, it's not up for Ricky Stewart. I think when the time is up and they they are struggling down the bottom of the the table, he goes into a, a football you know general manager type role mm. and still helps with recruitment and that because he's so passionate about the club. But next year, I think he's got his work cut out. Right, the big one for me, um, well, both this year and next year, because I had them as minor premiers with the, with the uh, Sydney Roosters, and in 2024 they have, uh, they're not picking up anyone, um, oh, they are, sorry, picking up Spencer Lenu and Dominic Young. Um, Dominic Young signed through until 2027, Spencer Lenu only on a two-year deal. Uh, two massive ins for them, but they are losing uh, Fletcher Baker, uh, they're losing uh, Jackson Paulo as well to the Manly Sea Eagles. Um I, I want to almost say, Kempe, and I know I'm probably going to say this at the start of 2024, I want to almost say that they would be minor premier top four favourites again in 2024, despite what happened this year. Well, I think I think they had a lot of things go against them right from the World Cup in 2022. You know, they come back. Joseph Manu hasn't had a year to remember. Uh, Brandon Smith has come back from the Kiwis. Uh, he's got into some some um, some type of trouble off field, which he you know had to has to sort out. Um, and hasn't really played the type of football that we saw down in Melbourne. And, and of course, that's about a control mechanism down there, in it, under, under Bellamy, and whether or not they could do that up at Sydney City. And, and when you're talking about those two type of players not firing, and then you had the year that Tedesco's had, uh, and then Carey and, and Walker are in and out, you don't know you know, who's the half um, during the year. Mate, you, you're going to struggle. And Warrior Hargreaves is ageing. I think they've got enough good young forwards there. But the biggest loss for me in 2023 isn't even on the field. It's Daniel Anderson. So Daniel Anderson and his, um, his horrific accident that he had last Christmas that has put him in a, in a, in a state uh, where he has had to live in hospital for most of this year has taken him out of recruitment mm. and out of strategy. And building that club and building that team, he has a hell of a lot to do that with Trent Robinson. So um, Ando's home now. He's back into the back into the the uh, normal movements of of recruitment and strategy and stuff like that. So I'd say they'd start to now think about how we're going to get the best out of the players that we got. But how do we plug those holes that have been left and maybe are going to be left when Jared Warrior, uh, Warrior Hargreaves starts to you know spend more time off the football field than he does on it. 
Um, so what's your prediction for the Roosters in 2024? Oh, I still think they're an eight team, but they, you know, for they're probably one of the teams that can reach that pace, mm. you know, because this is, you know, t- take G's um, riffing on the grand final. Like he could have given plenty of restarts. Oh, it would fantastically officiated, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And I'm I'm watching the game going, give a penalty. The yeah. boys need a they need a break. And <laughs> yeah. you could give them you could, he's calling people offside all the time and, and holding players and getting tangled and all that. He only gives one in the first half. Mm. Um I think the only other team that I can see get to that pace is the Roosters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's you know it's a fu- a funny competition. I don't know whether it's because they they threw the Dolphins in it and gave them all an extra buy. Yeah, uh, I just think it was a heap of different circumstances with the World Cup, the extra team. Well, I mean, the Rabbitohs not making the top eight is. If I told you that at the start of twenty twenty three, you would have laughed at me. You would laugh. Well, they're the new room. manly. Yeah. And you well, know. there's a couple others in that top eight as well. Like even the Knights, you know, I don't know if many people would have had them as high as they finished. Um, if you were bullish that they were going to make the top eight. We've got to take a break for new sport and weather. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll go through the bottom half of the ladder. We'll start grouping teams together a little bit more here uh, to speed things up. Then we will spend some time talking about the Warriors. And a few ticks have come in here on double eight double three on that. And uh, we'll talk about the Kiwis as well just before three o'clock. Stay with us here. Running it straight. Uh, new sport and weather up next. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kimby. Uh, we're just talking about the Kiwi squad. He should which be we, in there. Which we will talk about. He really should be in there, Jordan Leakey, but we'll talk about that um, in, a, in a little more. Uh, we're going through the uh, the teams on the NRL ladder to uh, to have a look at the prospects for 2024, to uh, wrap the 2023 season. Uh, so we'll bunch the next four together, Kimby. Rabbitohs, Eels, Cowboys and Seagulls, because they're all teams that feature, well, three of them featured in the top eight last year. Um, they all feature in and around the top eight on a yearly basis. The Rabbitohs, the big surprise there. Um, does it change for any of them uh, for any of them in 2024? I know the Eels are losing a bunch of players. Souths are relatively unchanged, um, as are Manly, and I think the Cowboys have picked up a couple of players as well. Yeah, look, I th- I'll deal with the Eels. I think the Eels are losing the Battle of the West. I think Penrith, you know, players are really wanting to, to join those junior ranks and get them there. And if, and if the Eels want to compete, then they're going to have to buy players into to do that. Um, look, they, they've signed Mitchell Moses. They've got uh, Dylan uh, Brown there. <sighs> yeah, Cuth- Cuthbertson, you know, like it's much of a muchness. Everyone's sort of, again, working them out. They just they haven't got those those X-factor players, especially in those back row spots where they needed. They lost Noor Kore, they lost uh, Papali'i, mm. and of course they never recovered this year um, to get themselves in the eight. The Sea Eagles, uh, look, Tommy Trebojevic, is, he must be a bit of a worry. He's got to play. You know, and he's got to get himself right, and he's got to get to that that level two years ago where he just couldn't be, he couldn't be tackled. I think Daly Cherry Evans, because you've got a bunch of them at the moment that are on the back end of the of their careers. Daly Cherry Evans, Sean Johnson, Adam Reynolds, all fighting for that top eight spot. Yeah. Um. So I, it's it's sort of last chance saloon for the Eagles. Uh, the Rabbitohs are, are really disappointing. I think they I think they lose when they lose someone like a Sammy Burgess. They haven't really got uh, too much of a of a. a you know, an aggressive aggressor inside that forward pack in that back row. So they, you know, Cam Murray plays really good, but he's not too no. intimidating. No. You know, he's an eighty-minute footballer. You need someone who's actually going to go out there and scare a few blokes. And I think if the Rabbitohs can get that Latrell Mitchell, they've still got a pretty good young side. Whiten coming in as well. Yeah. I don't mind um, Ilias. You know, I think him and, and Walker's probably one of the best five eights in the competition. With Damian Cook, they've got a really good spine. So I, I think they they fight back. The Cowboys, um, finally, I just mate. They're probably for me the biggest disappointment. They were one game away from it last year, yeah. um, and I thought Todd Payton he hadn't lost any of his roster. Uh, they just showed up. They couldn't. You know, they they lost their season in the first uh, half of it. 
not the back end. And if he can't get that that culture change to to make sure that they've got to come out because they lost one, and they couldn't they couldn't get there. True, you know what I mean. And this is this is what I mean about not understanding how hard it is to get there. Just because you made it once or you made it close to it once, the very next year, have a look at Parramatta and the Cowboys. So Rabbitohs, Eels, Cowboys, Seagulls. Which one of or which teams of that four do you think change their fortunes in twenty twenty four? Like which which of those four? Oh, makes the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs. But the other three miss out. Oh, I think the I think the Eels will really struggle. I think the Seagulls just again a Tommy Trebojevic injury away from missing out, and the Cowboys, mate, they're they're the like they're 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 like the Joker in the pack. Coin you don't know what you're going to get. So of the of the four, you'd say Rabbitohs Cowboys best chance for a top eight in 2024. Yeah. All right. So then the bottom uh, the bottom five teams: the Dolphins, the Titans, the Bulldogs, the Dragons, and the West Tigers. Fought Bulldog- they fought it out for the wooden spoon again. Again, you don't again. think Bulldogs? You don't think they get it right or get I it just more right that, in 2024? No, look, I, I you know, Burn, Stephen Crichton Burn, coming. Burns in. the most overrated player in the competition. You know, I think Stephen Crichton coming in. Look what happened to Kickow, and uh, he was he was you know in and out all year. Just uh, they they need to shift a, a heap to to actually compete at the eight. Um, and I don't see that happening next year at all. I still think they're they're building. They're probably still a couple of years away from getting it right. The, the Titans did impress at times throughout the season. They they had some big wins as well. Uh, they do lose lose a bunch of players, so you can't see them. I guess the Dragons and the Tigers are still basket cases, and yeah, I, I can't see them going any higher. What about the Dolphins? Because you know they had that great start. Um, what Wayne Bennett was able to sort of get out of them initially was fantastic. Then of course they tail off, and probably a big part of that is the fact that they've got a very old team and they just couldn't uh, that, last a. That's- Full season. That's the problem. Mm. You know, and we we always said that the problem with the roster is it was aging, and it was about keeping them on the field. And then you get a couple of suspensions through frustration. Um, but some good pickups. I, th- I think that's where Melbourne Melbourne missed out. You know, losing both the Bromwich boys and Carfussi really hurt them this year because they got Farnworth. Tommy Flegler and Jake Averillo coming in the Dolphins. Those are three great signings, especially yeah, Flegler. Still, yeah, I still, I still think they're they're lacking a H- higher, but not a top eight. Yeah. So and none of those teams in the bottom five you think go go any better in twenty twenty four in no, terms of a top eight? Not at all. All right. I who think go, the who comes closest? Uh, out of all those sides, probably probably the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably Dolphins the Dolphins. Titans, I know maybe. that the Titans have signed their captain and Fafita. Mm. Um, they got Keenan Palacio coming from the Broncos. Yeah, but still they've got the same spine. You know, yeah. it's uh, well they're losing Toby Sexton, so yeah, you have a, you just have a look at what they're competing against at the top end. Um, you know, the Warriors, the Storm, the Broncos, the Panthers. You know, Cogger goes to the Knights. They got the Sharks. What the most um, common theme with that top six teams there is their spine. Um, Daniel says Luke Brooks will be the buy of the year for Manly alongside DCE. We've got that he is going to the Sea Eagles. Well, where does he play? Alongside DCE, where seven so, or six. Probably six. You're assuming that he's going to go in there and he's going to take a lesser role. What happens if he goes in there and he overrules DC and they get it wrong? I can see Manly doing that, to be honest. <laughs> but you know, you know, like don't. I hope Luke Brooks go. Look, uh, Luke Brooks goes there and, and unshackles and, and plays the football which we all know he can play. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you one thing here: DCE, he's at the moment he's the second best halfback in Australia because he's mm. just in the Aussie team. Um, we'll take a break now, Kim, because then we, that gives us a bit of time to talk about the Warriors. Uh, there's plenty to get through, and I want to get through some of the texts that have come in for them as well. Uh, so we'll take a break, come back with the Warriors, and that might just leave us a little bit of time at the end to have a quick look over this Kiwis team for the Pacific Championship. Stay with us here on Running It Straight Back in a Muck.
Welcome back into Running It Straight here on ECNZ. We're talking Warriors now in 2023, looking ahead to 2024. Lots of texts that have come through. We've talked so much about the season in 2023, Kempi, and why it was as successful as it was. We even had a little chat about it last Wednesday on the show and, what, and looking ahead to 2024. So I'll hit a couple of these questions and we can have a look towards next year. Of course, uh, no massive losses for them. Uh, Viliami Vailea, who is stuck in New South Wales Cup anyway, is going to the Cowboys. Uh, of course, Roger and Chanel Harris-DeVita coming in for the Warriors, the two big additions there. Um, the one that I'll start with, which is I think one that a lot of people share, and it comes from James, it says, boys, what do the Warriors need to do to reach the levels of Penrith and Brisbane? And that really is the equation for them now, Kempi. How do they go from the team they were this year, which was the best of the rest, to being a side that can equal Penrith and Brisbane? Yeah, look, it's a, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you look at the half pairing, Sean Johnson, I thought, had had one of those seasons that he'd been chasing since he was 23, not 33. And he and he managed the side and got them basically one game away from the grand final with, with managing it um, consistently over that 27-week period. Then you then you look at the the mixture around him. Uh, I still think he, he lacks that that bloke that just turns the game on it on its on its head. Because he's lo- he was that guy. So he was the guy that was turning games on its head because of his speed. Now, I think what they need to do, and this is the, the question that I still need answered, when Roger comes back, see, Roger hasn't, hasn't defended in the centres. Um, so he's going to have to do a heap of work during the off-season, mm-hmm. and he's going to have to get right, and then he's going to have to come up against it. And some really good play, you know, Farnsworth, those type of players that are playing in that position uh, and defend you know, defend stoutly to, to, to stay in the game. But you, then you're taking him away from what his biggest asset is, is, is his offence. So I'm not convinced that him and Chance are in the best best um, position to be playing fullback and centre. And I'm, I, I guarantee you, with the way that they've selected the Kiwi team, uh, Joey Manu probably will go to fullback and Chance will probably play in the centres. So they need an X factor. They need an X factor. They need someone with speed because across that across that team, giving it to to Air Dallin on the wing to dot the ball down over the try line twenty four odd times a year mm. will still be there. Yeah, but the speed hasn't hasn't come in to get them to that next level. Totally. And with the team that we got, I can only see that speed coming in there if they move Roger to that position. So remember what Roger was doing before he went. He was that bloke that was doing all yeah. that on and his own. And a team that wasn't nearly as good. Nearly as good. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we know what Chance can do, and I'm I'm afraid I don't buy into that. He's the he's guaranteed that number one position. I I, I can see that Roger moves to fullback and Chance moves to the centre. I, I hope I, I love Webby for his loyalty and uh, the way he sort of sticks with guys. But I that is one thing that it can also annoy you. Like I would have loved to see uh, Ali Laotoa come back into the side when those uh, when the edge defence started crumbling towards the back end of the season. Uh, but it was like he wanted to stick with Rocky, wanted to stick with Pompey, who had good seasons in 2023. I hope it's not the same with with Chance, where if it's clear that Roger would be better suited back, he doesn't make that switch because he's made a promise to Chance and he's trying to keep him happy. So. Whilst I respect Webby for that, I don't want him to to be too low at the sake of the team. What about um, cha- um Channel. Channel. Channel Chanel Harris to, uh, to Vita, because Vaughan says, uh, is there a possibility they are priming him to take over the seven jersey once SA retires? In which case, where do you play him in 2024? Yeah, of course. <coughs> excuse me. Of course they do. Um, they, they get him ready because they there isn't that many halfbacks in the competition that can step back in the first grade. You've got to remember his, uh, I guess, claim to fame is when Sean was out and he came in and he ran the team for the year. So we know he can do it. 
Um, but again, he's he's got to go through another off season. He's going to have to get himself back into the game. It's on the back of a really good year for the Warriors. And where does he find himself in that team? Does he find himself at six fighting it out with Tamari uh, Martin and Luke, Luke Metcalf? I think we missed Luke Metcalf in the back end of the year. Mm. Yeah, you know, I thought the the you know to lose him with that hamstring is probably one of the biggest losses that no one's ever spoken about. Um, or does he go to the bench and he and you know with no Bailey Surin and does he cover off that back row hooking specialist spot? Um, and I'm sure they've got they've got ideas about how they want to use that. Uh, but again, I think if you're looking for someone to come in and actually take over from Sean, I, I actually think it's a marquee halfback signing. Okay, yeah, that probably is what they need. They might have some salary free up to do it as well. Um, right, quickly, Kimby, before we take our last break, uh, prediction then for the Warriors in 2024. Oh, I, I think they're still an eight team. Top. Dead set, I still think they're top eight. I think they they are hurting too. I just like the way that they've still got Mitch Barnett. Adam Fanua Blake, uh, Marata Noa Kore, you know, Dylan Walker, I still think they've got that, that experience and mm-hmm. that sol- uh, solidity in the middle. And I think just if they can probably tighten up some some more attacking options, they like Pompey and, and Berry and that are going to have to have to be fighting out of position because Rogers got one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, they, hopefully those two younger blokes can step up. I like Rocco Berry. I think that he has got a, a decent attacking game. But they still need something. They need an X-factor person in there. Yeah, there's some exciting players in New South Wales Cup as well. We might see them get debuts or, or play more games in 2024. We'll wait and see. Okay, we'll take our final break. When we come back, uh, a Kiwi squad has been named for the Pacific Championships, uh, so we'll have a look over that. Plenty of new faces, ones that you probably had to jump on Google to find out who they were. Uh, we'll bring it all to you just after the break. Stay with us. Running it straight here on SNZ as we uh, head towards 3 o'clock. Uh, the Kiwis team has been named for the Pacific Championships. Uh, first game is on the 21st of October against Samoa, and then they play Australia the following weekend before a final. Uh, Kempe, this the squad is out. Looks very light at hooker. Danny Levi is probably going to be the starting hooker, and he hasn't played. He's only played about three NRL games this year. Um, forward pack looks okay, but plenty of players unavailable. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's light. It's light on experience. You know, seven possible um, deputants. So I don't mind uh, Griffin Neem. I think he's a good player from from the West Coast and, and Matt Tomoko from Canberra in the centres. He'll take up one of those spots, I think, with Chance Nicole Clock said. But you're dead right around the, the hooking spot. Farmer Brown from the Canterbury Bull, Bulldogs along with um, Danny Levi, who's been around plenty. He's already played three tests for the Kiwis. Whether or not he's up to it, at this level at the moment, I'm not too sure. And and the other one is, you know, Kieran Foran at, at the back end of it. Is he going to cover Hooker, um, possibly off the bench? Yeah, it's mate to me looks all right the thirteen, but the the bench and that just inexperienced and a bit light. Yeah. Um, and you know, with the amount of uh, interchanges you need to go through at international level. Uh, yeah, the, the, I said this this morning, Sam. The problem that we have with the Pacific Nations is that the boys are choosing their, their Pacific. Correct. Countries, yeah, and and that was always going to be a problem. We mm-hmm. we tagged that fifteen years ago, mm. and uh, now that now that there's options here for the Pacific Cup, I think Kiwis need to to, to really get back to what yep. they do um, right, and and that's the community and make that black jersey the best thing that you can ever play oh, for. I agree because I feel like the Australians don't have the problem of players opting out and not wanting to play. I mean, yes, they might have one or two from time well, to Payne time. Payne Haas is a prime example. He, you know, he wanted to play for Samoa last year. They say, you want to play for the Kangaroos this year? He goes, yes, I want the Kangaroo jersey. Yeah. You know, it's the brand. 
It is. Well, those, uh, those, as I said, internationals kick off in a couple of weeks' time. Um, they're going to be at least some international football, which we haven't had too much of over the last three years, apart from the World Cup. Hey, that's uh, that's it for 2023 for Rugby League here on uh, SNZ. Kempe, well for running it straight. Oh, yes, Sammy. And well for done. commentary, mate, you've been a fantastic partner in crime, as always. Um, it's great to have all of you listening, texting in. It is you, the community, who keep us going. You've been fantastic. And uh, a big shout-out to Kempe. He, he doesn't go too bad either. Run home up next.